impact on the body. That's the way I view training load. So what is the impact on either the system or the um, or the body? You know, is it metabolic or mechanical impact? That's how I view load. And GPS inherently is like you know all the satellites in the sky. It's just how a player moves. Where sorry, it's not even how a player moves. It's where a player's moved and how quick. Hello and welcome to the Prepare Like a Pro podcast. Make sure if you haven't already to subscribe to my YouTube channel to receive a notification and never miss a live interview. I hope you enjoyed this interview and please share with a friend or a teammate that you think will value this episode. Let's go. Today's episode is a bite-sized episode with Jared Wade. Please share with a coach, friend or family member that you think will enjoy the show. What are some key considerations for a preseason point of view loading in, in the AFL for you? Um, the biggest one is what's what, what's required of your athletes in season. That's the biggest one. So, you know, you've got to sort of scale back from what they're going to be required to do for the 26-week in-season period, and that could be sessional load. So that could be, you know, what, what, is it a match, what does a match look like? You know, what does the mm-hmm. game look like? We're preparing for that. It's also, you know, uh, weekly loads. What does that look like in season? And we've got to prepare them for that or have considerations of that. And what will a four, four or five-week block look like? You know, what, what happens when we go to a congested schedule and we've got, a five-day break or two six-day turnarounds or you know, all of those things have got to be considered because that need that's a basis for how I load, what the frequency of the training sessions is and all that kind of stuff in season. I think a mistake that I, I made in my first year when I took over the head of performance role is I sort of, I wanted to scale back a little bit on the frequency of training and go to bigger volume of sessions um, and train three, say three times a week. How do you sort of um, factor that in into your pre-season loading? Yeah, well, it's just about finding out for me what the worst case scenario is from a trading load point of view. So I don't really use GPS for trading load um, anymore. I'm just I'm going a bit old school and just looking at time and RPE and, and that kind of thing, you know, sessional RPE and time and, and, and calculating that across training load. And, you know, it's easy to go week to week, to go like round one, round two, round three, but that's not how load manifests itself in an athlete. It's daily because, you know, week to week it could include two games or week to week could include one game or no games or whatever. So sort of working on that rolling sort of seven and 21 and 28 a day um, average of workload or, or, or and then have a look with your planning in season. What What is the maximum that we're going to require to do? So these are, you know, two training sessions and two games in the space of, you know, seven days. That might be a peak. Okay, let's look at that peak. Um, then my goal in pre-season is whatever you think the peak might be in season, I'm hoping to get sort of 20 or 30% above that in pre-season. So 120 around 30% of what that in-season might look like. Can you give us kind of like a bit of clarity on, on why you think GPS isn't a good measure for training load? Um, so, I, yeah, I don't like it. I've come to the conclusion, like training load is impact on the body. That's the way I view training load. So what is the impact on either the system or the um, or the body? You know, is it metabolic or mechanical impact? That's how I view load. And GPS inherently is like, you know, all the satellites in the sky. It's just how a player moves. Where sorry, it's not even how a player moves. It's where a player's moved and how quick. Um, we did a PhD study when I was at the Rabbitohs with a, a, a guy there, Dan Glassbrook's his name, and we got IMUs and put them on the lower extremities, put them on their training boots, and looked at the actual, you know, impact loads as good as we can get them without being in a lab um, with those IMU devices, and we compared that to the loads we get from GPS, and they just weren't they just weren't anywhere near. Um, you know, so GPS isn't telling us what load there is happening on the body. What would be some of your go-tos to when maybe they are going through that tough training block, and you know the you know the, the staff need to get around them and actually 
build that energy because the players are going through a pretty tough block. Uh, what would be yeah. your go-tos to, to manifest energy and fun? Be willing, be willing to change your plan to do that. Um, but there's also a couple of easy wins. You can play on a bit of psychology here with the players. You really can. Like we can show them, we show them a training session every single day. Like we outlay to them in the meeting pre-training. This is what we're going to get through today. These are the drills. This is the running. This is this is what the session looks like. I'm happy to add if I if I'm in a, if I'm if we're in a state of wanting the load but wanting the players to feel like they're fresh. Mm. We can manipulate that. We could add a couple of training drills to the bottom and then get to that point in time in the session. So, oh, boys, we're not going to do that training drills. Those training drills are really good. You'll get a psychological benefit to that. Um, our players, like, we have three gym three gym group rotations in the afternoon to keep our gym groups nice and tight. What about some common mistakes you've seen performance teams make or perhaps yourself that you've learned from that you factor in when you're planning your in-season um, performance? Yeah, okay. well, I'll go back to the biggest mistake, and I've made it. I've been in that uh, – being as a weights coach and made this mistake is to stop trying to improve. You know, get to the end of the preseason and think, geez, all of our athletic run work's done. You know, strong, all you know, we have been, our, the strength testing's gone up, our fitness has gone up. You know, let's, let's, that's, that's, got, that's got us to the start line of the season. Let's just stop trying to improve and just maintain. I think that's the biggest mistake you can make because you can still make gains and inherently, like when I'm running the preseason like I do, where my preseason has more volume than my in-season period. So, the in season actually for a lot of the players that get through our pre-seasons they go well, in season it's actually easier yeah this pre-season was ridiculous and yeah. so now when the load comes off them well what happens then we get a spike in performance so you know it's things like speed and strength and acceleration and these physical components they can actually get better if you enjoyed that bite-sized episode with jared wade make sure to search for his name in your favorite podcast app to listen to the full interview on the Prepare Like a Pro podcast. Remember to share with a coach, friend, or family member that you think will enjoy the episode.